began a few weeks ago talking on the subject of it matters. Would you say that with me? It matters. Come on, we can do that better. It matters. Now, what we've been doing is we've been looking at the different aspects of values. In other words, that there are things in all of our lives that are value, that we value as a person, as an individual, or as an entity or a congregation. And so when we began uh, as a church years ago, uh, we put some things down that we felt were values that we wanted to live by, things that really mattered to us and kind of gave us guidance. And so we, we began the first week talking to you about truth, that we believe that truth is preeminent and we believe that truth comes in the Word of God. And so we talked about the Word of God, why we believe in the Word of God, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, last week, we, we began looking at the whole aspect of people who don't know Jesus Christ, that they matter, that people really matter, and that the church needs to do its best to reach out and draw people in to the kingdom of God, no matter what's happening in their life or in their world. Now today, I'm going to talk about a subject that just does not get talked about in the Christian church in America. Today, I'm going to talk about diversity. Now, now we're, we're going to kind of drill down into some things today uh, that are going to be uh, pretty important to us. Uh, here, here's what we say in, in our value statement about that, is that we value all of God's children not respecting race, age, gender, or economic status. Now, how many of you know that the church, by and large, has not had that as a true value, Right? In fact, if you go in most churches in America today, what you will find is, is that pretty much everybody looks the same. It's, it's either a country club church, or, or it's an all-white church, or it's an all-black church, or it's an all-Hispanic church, or it's this or that or the other. And yet, when you begin to study the Scripture, the Word of God lets us know that that is not God's plan nor His purpose. Now, think about this for a minute. The Word of God lets us know that when we get to heaven, that there's going to be people in heaven of every nation, every tribe, every kindred, and every tongue. Now, how many of you know that we need to learn how to get along <laughs> before we get to heaven, right? So we, we need to understand that the Scripture addresses this. The Word of God talks about it. So would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, and as you're doing that, let me say hello to our campuses that are joining with us. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm grateful each week to be able to share the Word of God with you. I know you've already had a time of worship, a time of, of prayer, and all the things that go into a great service that you've already experienced, but now we're going together into the Word of God, so let's receive what God has. The book of Acts, the 10th chapter, and the 34th verse, I want to read to you uh, that passage. It says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize, now think about this. Let me talk about the Apostle Peter for a minute. He is a good Jew. He is a Jewish man. He has been a Jewish man his whole life, and, and he just really doesn't understand how that God can send him to talk to a bunch of people that he wouldn't even eat with. God has sent him to Cornelius' household. God has sent him to a bunch of Gentiles. And, uh, and he's really upset. In fact, God had to give him a vision three times before he was even open to doing what God wanted. And then after he gets to Cornelius' household, the part I'm reading here, he begins to preach the power of the Holy Spirit falls upon them. Their lives are transformed. And Peter said, he said I, as he, Peter began to speak, now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. 
Now think about that for a minute. God does not show favoritism. Then we're going to the book of Galatians, if you would. Galatians, the third chapter. And I want to read to you a few verses of Scripture that the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Galatia, and what he said. Verse 26, beginning there. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through, what's that word? Faith. You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed, clothed yourself with Christ. Now look at verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, as, as we begin this today, I, I want you to understand that, that when you begin to talk about diversity, it's one of those subjects that people kind of get a little tense about. Uh, there, there, there's, this, there's this reticence to, to address it, to even talk about it. And, and here's what I want to tell you about this. Um, diversity complicates rather than simplifies life. Did you hear me? People say, well, we need to have diversity. That'll be really good. No, diversity complicates that. That's why, that's why churches don't do it by and large, uh, is, is because that it, it brings complications in. Uh, when, when we all are of, of one socioeconomic group or we're all uh, of one skin color or we're all of one educational background or we're all one this, that, or the other, then it's easy for us to get along because, understand this, we all have the same paradigm. What that means is we all look at the world the same way. But when you start getting people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, you, got, you start bringing people in from different uh, educational backgrounds. You start bringing people in from different life experiences as far as race is concerned. All of a sudden, the church really gets complicated. If you don't believe the church gets complicated, what you need to do is go to the book of Acts, the sixth chapter, and we will read it. Uh, but in Acts, the sixth chapter, the church has gotten complicated. And, and they're ministering to taking care of all the needs. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, but the Greek widows said, we're being mistreated. Now think about this for a minute. Because they were Greek, because of their ethnicity, boy, I can tell I'm going to have to pull for some amens today. Because of their ethnic background, they're saying we're not being treated the same as the Jewish widows are being treated. And so the apostles formed a committee and prayed about it, and they said, first of all, we're not getting involved. I love that part. They said, we're going to pray and see God and preach. They said, but we're going to appoint men who are full of the Holy Spirit, who have the anointing of God upon their life, and they are going to minister in these needs. Now, here, here's what you've got to understand. Beginning with Pentecost, well, beginning on the day of Pentecost when the church began, the early church began dismantling the barriers of gender, of race, and social class that had been the hallmark of Judaism. 
If you study Judaism, what you find is, is that even in Judaism, they, there, was, there was rankings. There was, there was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and then there were the rest of the Jews. And, and if you were in a certain class or a certain group, then, then you were higher than everybody else, and you looked down on everybody else, and, and the Pharisees wouldn't eat with the Sadducees, and the Sadducees wouldn't hang out with this person, and on and on and on. And then when the New Testament church came around, what you found happening was is that you began to see that there was a breaking of all of those all those things that were taking place. They begin to say, wait a minute, we understand that God is no respecter of what? Persons. God's not a respecter of persons. In fact, what we found is, is that we all started out, and if we believe the Bible, we all started out in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden from the same man and the same woman. And now here we are, decades and millennials later, and here we are, and the problem is, is that because somebody has a little bit better education, because somebody maybe lives in a better uh, area of town, because somebody's skin color is different, then we have this trouble of getting along. We can't get along. Why? Well, because you're different than I am. Now, here's, here's what I found out about different. Everybody is different. Amen. How many of you got some family members that are different? Come on, tell the truth. You've been wanting to say that for years. Right? You go, you go to the family reunion, you just look at them and go, they're weird. They're just different. They're strange. I'm glad that they live in another part of the country. Right? But we're all, you know, we're, then the, the problem is, is that those same people are looking at you. And they're whispering to their companion, that person's weird. They're strange. I'm glad we don't live close to them. See, we're all different. Here's what the book of Revelation says. The book of Revelation, the fifth chapter, verse 9 and 10 says, And they sang a new song. I'm, I'm glad for that new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. Talking of Jesus. And with your blood you purchased men from God from every tribe and language and people. And it says you have made them. Watch this. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on on earth. The book of Revelation tells us that God has taken us from every tribe, all these different places, all these things, and that He has made us to worship Him. He has made us to glorify Him. And, and so what we see from that passage of Scripture, number one is this, is that God intends to have people from every ethnic group. God wants people from every ethnos, from every background, from every place on this earth. God doesn't want just people that, that look a certain way or that come from a certain place. God wants people in His kingdom from every ethnic background. God wants people in His kingdom, not only from every ethnic background, but we read in the book of Galatians there, where God wants people, uh, man, woman, male, uh, female, he said that doesn't matter now isn't it interesting how we make some of those things matter and yet the word of God lets us know that God is he looks at us and he doesn't see you as a man or a woman he doesn't see you as a certain color he just sees you as either being bought by the blood or it hasn't happened yet 
Amen. That, that's how he looks at us. He looks at us as those who have been saved, those who have been redeemed, and those who haven't experienced that. And I always like to say, yet. It's going to happen. I believe that their lives are going to be changed. They're going to be transformed. It just hasn't happened yet for so many of those in our society and in our communities. And so what we have to do is we have to begin to approach not only one of these days in the sweet by and by. See, isn't it, isn't it wonderful to talk about heaven? You know, we used to sing songs about heaven. Won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear? Anybody remember that song? Joyously singing with heart bells. I never understood what a heart bell was. What in the heck is a heart bell? With heart bells all ringing, won't it be wonderful there, right? I mean, we, we'd, we'd talk about one of these days we're going over there, and, uh, you know, we, we'd sing songs about we'd be glad when we get over there. Well, you know what? Guess what? When we get there, it's going to be wonderful. But before we get there, we've got to learn how to get along down here. God says, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen and hate those who you have seen? Now, let me, let me just talk to you for a minute. I, I approach this probably from a unique perspective. Most of you know this, but for some of you who don't know this, let me share this with you. I am a person who was born in Africa. So yes, if you're wondering, I am African-American. I'll wait on you. All right? But the first seven years of my experience upon this earth, I was the minority. If you were to see pictures of, of me during that season of my life, if there's a group, uh, there's a little white spot in the middle. <laughs> and I am surrounded by my friends and all the people, and all of them don't have the same skin tone color that I have. And then I moved to America. And then I was told that I couldn't associate with people who looked like the people that had been my friends my entire life because they had a different skin tone than I had. And all of a sudden, it didn't make sense in my brain to say I could go and be born in a country and I could be the minority, but then when I come to a place where there is a majority that looks like me, I can't participate and I can't interrelate with those who look like the people I had grown up with all of my life. Couldn't go to church with them. At that time, we were barely going to school with them. I'm, am I talking too much for you because this is reality you know we we're talking separate yet equal it never was separate and equal it was separate but it wasn't equal we, we use a lot of terms to try to justify what we felt now, now here's what I'm going to say before this service is over I'm going to make everybody mad <laughs> so just get ready if you're mad now I'm going to make somebody mad in a minute and you'll get over it All right? Be, because here's what I find racial problems is not a one-sided issue it, it is not just white people against black people I meet black people all the time who don't like white people and and I want to tell you it's as wrong for a black person not to like a white person because of their skin color just as it is for a white person to not like a black person because of their skin color it is wrong on both sides because God has made us equal. God has made us one nation, one people, and we ought to learn to live that way in the kingdom of God. 
And I'm going to tell you, we're never going to solve it through Congress. We're never going to solve it through Washington. We're never going to, it doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter who the, the reigning uh, Republican or Democrat is. It is never going to be solved until the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach in a minute. I was going to just try to teach, but I make a little preach in this. It is going to be time that we begin to understand that God has called us out of, not out of our race. We, listen, I have people tell me all the time, but I don't see race. Well, you're a liar. Are you kidding me? You don't see race? When I, when I look, Pastor Jason's on our staff, when I see him, my skin color is not as dark as his skin color. Of course, I know that he's darker than I am. I see his skin color, but it doesn't matter to me what his skin color is. All right? And, and, and so we, uh, from, from the, the white person's perspective, uh, we, we, we live this life uh, of fear because we're afraid and, and we don't understand and we don't know, and so we live a life of fear. And then from the black perspective, because I've been around it again all my life, what happens is, is that we keep talking about the man's putting us down. Well, let me tell you, you are much a man or a woman as they are. Stand up. Whoa. See, I told you I was going to make everybody mad before the day was over. All right? Don't allow anybody to keep you from fulfilling your God-given potential just because you're man, you're woman, you're black, you're white, you're Hispanic. God has given you the ability to do what He wants you to do. So I, I, I got I to calm down. Number two, God intends for these people for those people to be in harmony. God wants us to walk together in harmony. God wants us not to always be in strife. The worst thing that's happening to our nation right now, as far as I am concerned, is that we are pushing an agenda of the haves and the have-nots. And are there haves and have-nots? Of course there are. But when you begin to push that agenda within a nation, what you do is, is that you set that nation up for destruction. And you bring about an, um, an era of discontent among people, and all of a sudden there begins to be this feeling like I am entitled to what you have because of you have it and I don't. Now, I'm, I'm going to say some things. Again, I told you, we're we just going to dig. Are you ready? You thought you were ready, all right? We're going to dig into this for a minute because in our nation, in our society, we have got the idea that everybody owes us something. Huh. What we have done is we have instituted a system that has kept people in poverty. Welfare is not to your advantage. You say, well, pastor, I can't get by if I didn't have welfare. Do you understand that what welfare does is that welfare keeps you in poverty? The whole system of welfare is designed so that you will be dependent upon the government. Doesn't matter your color, that you will be dependent on the government. And so we reward bad behavior. We tell you, don't get married. Have 18 babies because the more... The more babies you have and you're not married, we'll give you more money. But if you marry that guy, see, that's wrong. 
What that does is, is that keeps the next generation in poverty. That keeps the next generation down and out and trying to get out. It is time that our nation stood up and said, wait a minute, this is not solving anything. I know I'm being politically incorrect. I knew this was going to be a fun one. But it's one that I hold very dear to my heart. And I believe with all my heart that I have proven through the years that you have the ability to build a church of diversity. You have the ability to have people who can come together from different areas, from different backgrounds, and that we can love one another and build up the kingdom of God. But it can't just be, as I was researching this, the, the, the highest figure that I could find was that 12% of the churches in America can be de, de, de classified as truly diverse. Only 12. Most of the things that I saw said about 8 or 6% are truly diverse. So somewhere around only 1 out of 10 churches in America have any kind of diversity within it. Now that is sad to say. See, God, number three, God gave His only begotten Son to reach everybody. He, was, he wasn't trying to just reach a, a few. He said, I am come that nobody perish, but that all come to repentance. So God is in the business of bringing everybody to the place of repentance. The book of Galatians, the third chapter 26 through the 29th verse says this, you are all sons of God. Uh, strike that for some of you. You are all children of God. If you were that son mess you up. You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And then it goes on. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. On and on and on. It goes through that whole thing. It says, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's all of us. That's all of us. Now, I, I want to say some things. Racial discrimination is destroyed in the Bible. He said there's neither Jew nor Greek. He said you got to do away with this whole thing of racial discrimination. Now, now here's what I want to tell you. The church has got to stand against the spirit of this age. Because the spirit of this age is, is that you need to hate people because they're not like you. you. You don't like them because they're not like you. And yet the Word of God says that that's destroyed when you come into Christ. Not only is racial discrimination destroyed, class discrimination is destroyed. He said neither slave nor free. He said, it doesn't matter if you've got all the money, and in that circumstance, in that day, they had slaves. He said, it doesn't matter if you're the, the landowner or you're working on the land. He said, it does in the kingdom of God, there is no distinction between the person who seemingly has it all and the person who doesn't have anything. It's interesting to me to watch this congregation and watch our churches as, as a whole. Because I see people who walk in who are wealthy, very wealthy. And I see people who walk in and don't have anything. And yet, in the kingdom of God, we're all one. See, here's what I've found, is the ground at the foot of the cross is level. You don't approach it in one way if you got something, and in another way if you don't have anything. You all approach it by grace. By grace, you are saved. 
And that's a gift of God, lest anybody boast. Not only is racial discrimination and class discrimination destroyed, sexual discrimination is destroyed as well. He said there's neither male nor female. That's interesting in the church, how many churches would probably even go the first two, but when I say, hey, if there's no male nor female, they go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We can't have a preacher that's a woman. Oh, see? Like I wasn't already in enough stuff. Well, now you got to understand, preacher, women are supposed to know their place and be silent in church. You know what? Do you know what? It talks more about greeting each other with a holy kiss which I don't want to start doing. <laughs> then it ever does. Now, some of you were thinking right then of somebody you wanted to go kiss. That don't count. <laughs> then it ever does about male and female and about women keeping their silence in church. I hold in my hand a Bible today. Um, this Bible is a very old Bible. Um, this Bible was given to me on February the second, nineteen. Excuse me, February the seventh, nineteen sixty-one. I was just barely two when this was given to me. It was given to me by, uh, and she wrote in here. Her her name was Pauline Gruse, G R U S E, but I couldn't say Gruse as a kid. I said Druse, and so even in here, that's how she wrote it. But this was a lady who left everything that she knew to go to Africa in the early 1950s and to spend her life serving the kingdom of God and preaching to people about the glorious salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. She gave her life so that others could have life. I want to tell you, when I get to heaven, I'm probably going to stand way behind her because she gave up everything to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you want to tell me that because she was female, there's got to come an understanding back to the church that yes, the New Testament draws a clear distinction between role and worth. I understand that. It talks about the difference between function and position. I got that. But it also says we're one. We're equal. Even in the family, the role in that family does not mean that one is less than the other. I, I believe in husband and wife. I believe that whole process there. But I don't believe anywhere in Scripture. You know, men love to quote that Scripture. The Bible says that wives are to submit to their husbands. Yeah, and it also says, husbands, that you're to give your life as Christ gave his for the church. So you've been laying your life down? Wow, it gets quiet in this good church. <laughs> See, again, we're all equal at the level ground of the cross. When you come to that understanding, all of a sudden a lot of these things begin to lose the hole that they've had on us. Unity comes. Here's where unity comes. Unity comes from our relationship with God. 
I may not understand where you're coming from. I may not have the same life experience that you have, but my unity with you comes from my relationship with God. He lives in us, and when we turn our lives from sin and come in relationship with Jesus Christ, now I am at that place of having a relationship, and it only comes through Him. Unity comes through our faith in God. It really takes faith to do this. I'm going to say something, and if, it, if I get misquoted, I'm in trouble. It would be much easier to pastor an all-white church. Because there wouldn't be a time. Listen, again, I, even though I experienced Africa, I still grew up in America. And so I understand that there are moments that even, and that, that even in my life that I may say something, even in a, in a sermon, I may say something, and because of my life experience, you hear it one way because you're a white person and somebody who's not a white person hears it another way. So it would be much easier just to have, you know, everybody my age, it would be good. No, you don't want to be my age. You know, my, my, my race, my, you know, all that stuff. It would be, but it, you know what? That's not what God called us to do. Unity comes through faith. Faith removes the barriers. Here's what I found. Most division comes out of fear. The reason that we have all these issues among the races and even among classes and among uh, male and female is because of fear. We don't understand. We don't know. Well, we, why do you act that way? Why do you do? I don't know. This is, and, and because of that, we live in this place of fear instead of living in the place of faith. Faith and fear can never coexist. You either choose to live by faith or you choose to live in fear. Unity comes through the promise of God. If we want to have unity in our nation, we want to have unity in our world. We have to understand that through Jesus Christ, we're all blessed. We are all God's children because He chose us. Now, what, what is so difficult for Americans to understand, if, if you go to Africa, they may all look alike, but they're different tribes. And they will literally hate each other because of the tribe that they're from. And, and just a few years ago in Kenya, we had just hadn't been there, hadn't been gone very long. There was a, a, a total conflict where hundreds upon hundreds of people were killed, and it was all because of one tribe got mad at the other tribe and began to slaughter people, even in churches. You know why? Because we don't understand that unity comes through God. We try to make it happen. We try to legislate it on and on and on instead of understanding that we got to go to the foot of the cross to come to that place where we can live in true harmony. So how do we experience diversity? Let me close with this. Let me, let me get real practical for a minute. Number one is you've got to open your life to change. That's a new concept for some of us. If, if you want to experience diversity, if you really believe that there's no male, no female, it doesn't matter the socioeconomic, it doesn't matter the, the culture or the, or the uh, class, it doesn't matter the race, if we really believe that, then we've got to come to that place where we open our lives to change. 
And I'm going to say this. Some of us need to change some bad attitudes about people of different colors. Some of us were taught things in homes that told you if a person looked a certain way, you were not to trust them, you were to watch them. There was all kind of, and because of that, you have grown up. And you may never use words that you shouldn't use. But sometimes we have thoughts we shouldn't have. We've got to be open to change. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to recognize you can't judge someone else's motives. We look at what people do sometimes and we judge what they do and we don't understand what motivates them to do it. And because we have not have had their life experience, we run it through our grid and then we say, why do they do that? And again, it cuts across every culture. If you go to Europe especially in, in France and that area, the Americans and, and French people have this love-hate relationship. I hated Paris. I went, and I was mad from the time I landed. Had nothing to do with the people. It was when it cost a hundred and something dollars for me to get from the airport to my hotel. That's what made me mad. But but the, the problem is, is that as Americans, we're smiling, we're happy, we're talking. French people don't want you smiling at them. They want you to be very reserved. And so there's this, there's this whole process there. They're judging you by what happens. You're judging them by what happens. There's this whole aspect of motivation. And thirdly is this. We need to learn about other people and cultures. Why do white people do this? Why do black people do this? Why do Hispanics do this? Why do this one do that? Learn about it. Once you learn about it, you might go, oh, okay. A, a lot of it is just how we've grown up. You know, it's, it's like the story I heard years ago that said the mom gets ready to fix a ham and, and she cuts off both ends of the ham and she puts it in the pot. And the daughter's standing there looking and said, Mom, why do you do that? She said, I don't know. It's what my mom always did. So they get on the phone. They call that mom and said, why do you cut both ends off the ham? She said, I don't know. It's what my mom always did. So they called great-grandma, and they said, why did you always cut both ends off the ham? She said, because my pan wasn't big enough. <laughs> Last one, I'm done. Remember... We're all God's children. Male, female, God's child. Rich, poor, God's child. Black, white, yellow, green, purple, doesn't matter. 
God's child. If we can come to that place in the kingdom, then there's hope for our nation. Then there's hope for the world. It's our choice. It's up to us. We can continue to live. Come on, Adam. We can continue to live. Play something real soothing this morning, please. We can continue to live with our preconceived notions of life. Or we can be willing to change. Jesus came to this earth so that everybody could be saved. Guess what? Everybody listen, I'm done. When I was born in this world, the Lord didn't say, what color skin would you like to have? Whose family would you like to be born into? He just said, this is where you're going to be. This is how you're going to look. I didn't say, oh, Lord, I sure don't want to be a woman. I want to be a man. No. I just showed up. And here's what I got. Everybody else on this planet just showed up. So how can we look down our nose at somebody else because they're different than we are? It's wrong. It's wrong. It's sin. We've got to make a choice to say, Lord, I come to the cross and I lay everything down so that I can receive life and it more abundantly.